Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The only person that can stop Novak Djokovic in this tournament is Novak Djokovic. Ace! The bar! He's in back for back Wimbledon finals! I would love to see Novak Djokovic take home his 24th Grand Slam title this year at Wimbledon. Kicking off on the men's side, Novak Djokovic will have as many Grand Slams as there are hours in the day. Another big win for Novak Djokovic in the men's singles. The Wimbledon final. He's not lost on the court from 2013, but he is going to lose in 2023. I've got Carlos Adler to win in four sets. Number eight, number 24, and five straight Wimbledon titles. Djokovic's dreams of a calendar slam are going to be shattered again. And it's the little Spaniard that's going to do it. Carlitos Alcaraz will win Wimbledon. Hey, welcome back, tennis fans. And Liam's words there at the end of the intro, ringing true. It was the little Spaniard that did stop Novak Djokovic from winning his fifth straight Wimbledon title. And Carlos Alcaraz is now a Wimbledon champion. And this one will go down as one of the the great Wimbledon finals. Uh, Five sets. It had everything. We had him... It was a nervy start, but then he came into it and then Djokovic looked like he was up. Then he was down. Alcaraz was in. Then he was out. But ultimately, tennis was the real winner today. And obviously, Carlos Alcaraz. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's been, what, about six hours or seven hours since the final in which Alcaraz won. I still can't quite believe that he was able to do what he did. Going into that fifth set, I know we pressed that intro again. And in that time, I had a look on my phone. And on my phone and the betting odds, we had Djokovic at a 1.4 favourite to win that final. And that's because if when he goes to five sets, he very rarely loses. He very, very rarely loses anyway in Grand Slam finals. But if he gets all the way to five, that's where we've always said there's no better player 
in a best of five format than Novak Djokovic against a guy who's 20 years old, who's never played five sets in a Grand Slam final. It's only his ever second Grand Slam final. And yet, this guy just can do everything you throw at him. We went into this Wimbledon not really convinced with his grass court pedigree. He won Queens, which surprised a lot of people. This is now his fourth, I think, fourth or fifth ever grass court tournament he's entered. Yeah. And he's won Wimbledon and Queens now. So he is someone who has shown when he puts his mind to something, he can learn and develop faster than anyone else. I remember we was critical of his second serve when he first came on to tour about 15 years old, saying that that's the only real thing that's letting him down at the moment where he's not going to be able to beat these top players because it's just not big enough. Give it a year. He'd grown a beard, got massive biceps, looked a complete <laughs> different player and yeah. was thumping down second serves. We then say, can he play on the hard courts? He's really good on the clay. Then goes and wins the US Open. Can he win on the grass? Can he even play on the grass? Looked a bit uncomfortable the first first year. Goes and wins Wimbledon. It's like whatever you throw at this kid, he'll say, hold my beer. Here I come. Yeah, definitely. I don't even know if he's having any beers. It seems like he's in peak physical shape and just so motivated. I feel if anybody was ever wondered if tennis wasn't going to be in good hands when the likes of Djokovic's and the Dow's were leaving the scene. Now you look towards him and you see greatness within and the way he played today or earlier on or yesterday. Now we're actually just gone past uh, midnight here in the UK, the way he played his first ever Wimbledon final against somebody who, like you said, just doesn't lose at Wimbledon. This isn't just any normal final at Wimbledon. It would be a struggle against anybody playing in your first Wimbledon final. But the way he came back from just, he looked nervous in the first set and came back from 6-1 in the first set and just took the game to Novak Djokovic. It was impressive. And the tiebreak, he won a tiebreak against Novak Djokovic. So he did the impossible. Won against five sets against Novak Djokovic and won a tiebreak against Novak Djokovic all in the same match in a slam final on his least favoured surface, some might say. But maybe it'll become one of his best surfaces, grass. Well, he did say on court in the post-match interview how he loves the grass now and the crowd erupted in laughter. I feel the (laughs) achievement of beating Djokovic in a Wimbledon final on the grass after not losing in 10 years in centre court, you've got to put it up there with beating Rafa on the Dow on clay. Uh, I think that probably just about pips it, but still... It's, it's if it's not that one, it's the second best thing you can do, really. It's so difficult. Yeah. And my highlight on the match, I know you've not asked, but I'm going to tell you anyway, is him closing it out. It's not all the drop shots. It's not anything else. not any of the fantastic long points we saw or the 30 game or 20 minute, 28, 26 minutes, I think, point, 26 minute game. It wasn't <laughs> that. It was just how he closed it out. I was mesmerized by it and Djokovic was too because so many players get tense and the first point of him serving it out he missed the drop shot into the net second one went for a drop shot again Djokovic gets there lobs him perfect lob really difficult to do as well it wasn't easy and then he just takes it in his stride you see he takes Djokovic was saying he took a really confident after the first serve big forehand 
Like he, he and he was finding all the first serves as well. How many times do you see a player serving out a match or a title and they just can't find a first serve? You see, Reminded I mean, me you see it all the time. Look at Ons Jabur the other day. She couldn't play tennis. She struggled. She was nowhere near the level she can play. Look at most players. Zverev in his first Grand Slam final. Dominic Team, Nervy, yeah. Sissipas, Medvedev at times. All of these players, when they come into a Grand Slam final, they struggle. Alcaraz, first serve after first serve after first serve. Lobs, drop shots. And that, for me, highlights what he's going to be. This is guy. This guy's not a flash in the pan. He's won his no. second slam now, and he's going to be keep going and winning loads. And it is super scary. I know you said at the start of the video, tennis is in good hands. I'm not sure if it is. Because what we've got is a 20-year-old competing with a 36-year-old, and that's, that's the best the matchup we can get right now. So is tennis in good hands? Because when oh. Djokovic retires, surely I know we all say he's going to play forever, and it seems like he can the way he moves, but it's not. he's not going to, is he? No. So we're going to be left with Alcaraz versus who? Who's going to stop him? Someone has to step up, don't they? And this is the it. problem. The problem that we have, that is the one thing that I sort of said before we started the podcast, which I thought is a bit crazy that we're looking at a rivalry and the rivalry is a 20-year-old versus a 36-year-old, not two young players or two middle of, middle-aged players, like 25, 25. This is a massive age gap. And even in his post-match speech, he said, oh, I've really like admired him. And uh, I've been watching him from uh, when I was like really little. And obviously... When I was born, I think he said. Yeah, when... <laughs> Yeah, I don't think he meant that. It, it was like, when I was born, Djokovic was winning titles. <laughs> That's what I mean. Djokovic was laughing, though. I think it was. It was a it was a good vibe afterwards. I didn't it was very feel like charismatic. Because was... Adkaraz, yeah. his English isn't amazing. But you could just sense how genuine of a man he is. Like yeah. he, he come across so well. As much as what he was saying maybe didn't necessarily make all that much sense at times. You could tell what he was trying to say. And I yeah, found yeah. it very endearing and warm. And I love Djokovic's reaction and how he was speaking about Alcaraz too. Um, all in all, two great champions. And as much as Djokovic lost and didn't take the trophy, he felt like a bit of a winner today in terms of what he was able to produce. Yeah, I mean, it felt like, I wouldn't even say it's a changing of the guard, but it it does at least give like the neutral tennis fans, a little bit of hope because a lot of people out there were just assuming, oh, look, it's going to be the the Djokovic. Well, he's won Australia. He's won Roland Garros. Now he's going to win Wimbledon. Is this just the Djokovic show? And now Alcaraz has sort of, he's just upset the apple cart a little bit. He's come in and he's beaten Djokovic. Bear in mind the odds of Djokovic before this tournament was so short, yeah. it was ridiculous. It was almost like he's got this in the bag. So the fact Alcaraz won this tournament is massive. I think it's such a credit to him to be able to beat Djokovic at his potential best tournament, really. Yeah, let's go through some tweets because I feel like we can talk about this endlessly without referring yeah. to any of them. We'll start with Carlos Alcaraz, the main man, the guy who won. And he said, a lifelong dream. Um, and just stopping there, this is genuine. I've seen videos <laughs> yeah. of him when he was 12 years old. I've seen him 
many times in interviews, always speak about Wimbledon. Even when he's at another slam, he'll always say, talk about Wimbledon at times. And he's, he generally, this was his dream to win Wimbledon. Federer, Federer is the guy he looked up to more than any. I know he couldn't say too much about that today with Djokovic standing there. Um, and of course, he looked up to Djokovic too, but Federer was his main man over Nadal, yeah. over everyone. And we saw what he when he was growing up, you've got to remember the years, that was when Federer was winning an awful lot. Yeah. So you can understand why it is a dream of his. He said, you always have to believe I'm only 20 years old. Everything is happening too fast, but I'm very proud of how we work every day. Thank you, everyone, for your support from the bottom of my heart. And I want to highlight, really, the bit where he says everything's moving very fast because yeah. we've talked about how good he is and what he's able to do and that he's world number one now. But I think it's moving too fast in terms of, I wasn't really expecting him to win Wimbledon this year. (laughs) I I generally wasn't. Like, can you know how much I will at times not pick Djokovic if I could see any kind of inkling that someone else could win? But there just wasn't one. At Roland Garros, there was more so because he come come into that with a little bit more pedigree on the clay courts. And I felt Djokovic, maybe it's not his best surface out of all of them. And he was maybe a bit more vulnerable and it didn't turn out well for him. But here at Wimbledon, I didn't really fancy him. And he's proved me wrong. He's proved every. He just learns so quickly. Everything yeah. is happening so fast. Like, this guy can put his mind to anything. I wouldn't be surprised if we see him on the indoor hard courts giving Medvedev Zverev a run for their money as well now. He can do it all. He literally can do it all. <laughs> he, he does remind me of the way he was playing today with that confidence. And like you were saying about the serve as well. It it does remind me a bit of a Federer when he was sort of breaking through that confidence to actually take on like when Federer took on Sampras and that was the the big changing of the guard. This might be something similar. You never know because the way he played with that confidence in the last game to hit those lobs, to hit big forehand, he's not playing passive. He's not like the rest of the tour. He takes it to the best players on, on court. We've seen him do it against Nadal as well. Seen him do it against Djokovic. That's the second time he's beaten Djokovic now. And both big matches, one was obviously in a Masters and this one now in a slam final. He obviously lost to Djokovic, but maybe it was just a little bit, like you said, the mental side of it in Roland Garros, maybe that was all that let him down. It wasn't really his body. It was his his brain letting him down. And that was what caused him to get overly stressed and cramp, which... Hopefully it won't happen again for him. Yeah, well, maybe it was the best thing whatever happened to him. I know there's a tweet, but maybe we'll get to it in a minute. Sure. Uh, let's start with this one. So Carlos Adler's route to the Wimbledon title. Shardy, Muller, Jari, Berrettini, Runa, Medvedev, Djokovic. I don't think it was an easy draw at all. Shardy, Muller, not bad. Jari, ridiculously good. Berrettini was coming into that in brilliant form and people were tipping him to get to the final. Uh, Runa. On the rise, probably the one of the big three of the next generation. Medvedev, one of the best players this year on tour. Yeah. Um, he's been great and played well at Wimbledon. Then Djokovic in the final. So he's had a tough draw. He got through it. Jarry probably been one of his toughest matches until the final. Yes. Um, and he's just developed really round on round. There's been some weaker ones. I don't think he played great against Muller. Um in spells against Runa wasn't amazing. But it doesn't really matter because in the end, he's got his hand on the trophy. 
I feel like he's grown through each of those matches. He has grown, yeah. Yeah, he he grew in this tournament. He went from Queen's winner and then looking all right in the first couple of rounds. Didn't well, I still wasn't that convinced. The Jarry one, I was like, whoa. But then I wasn't sure if Jarry was actually good or if uh, Carlos wasn't that good. But then Jarry's the Berrettini cool. one, I was then convinced, oh, yeah, the Jarry one wasn't that he wasn't that it, good. He this was is why I thought you was being really harsh on Medvedev, because Carlos Adekalaz was playing incredible tennis. And that's why Medvedev looked so bad. It's just a horrible, horrible matchup, I think, for it, Medvedev. It's, it's never going to go well, I don't think. Nah, Their I think styles just... clash terribly. And Medvedev yep. has the ability to beat a lot of players, but not Carlos Alcaraz. Yeah, I think you said it like with Sissipas as well. It's a fairly similar sort of thing. Sissipas refuses to run for drop shots, and that's what Alcaraz will if always anything, keep Sissipas has more chance. Sissipas has a better chance against Alcaraz. It's a better matchup than Medvedev. Probably for many reasons. I'd yeah. say he yeah, he's pretty good, Sissipas, on the clay. He just needs to keep his, his head in the game. Just doesn't manage to... Let's move to the next one because this one's the impressive one and this is probably one of the ones you wanted to get to, which is only four players have uh, defeated Djokovic in Grand Slams after Nole won the first set. And look at that win-loss differential. 297 wins, six losses. <laughs> I mean, that's outrageous. What's <laughs> stat is that? I mean, no, that's... this is one of the best stats, really, for Djokovic. <laughs> If it, that's what I'm saying. If he wins the first set, pretty much done and dusted. The Meltzer yeah. one's a complete freak. Um, yeah. Then we had Nadal at Roland Garros in a final. Wawrinka, Australian Open, Roland Garros and the US Open. Wawrinka, that's magic. That's a really good uh, number for Wawrinka to be able to do that three times. And Alcaraz now. Federer's never done it. Well, exactly. Yeah, he's done what Raf- Federer was never able to do. Says Rafa, Stan, and Carlos all won those slams. So, just goes to show, doesn't it? Like, but if you do that, you end up normally going on to win the slam. <laughs> if you do, if you beat Djokovic from coming back from behind, that's a a massive uh, for your mental going into the rest of the match. And today he proved it. I think that the tie break was was key. Yeah, that the fact he beat. Djokovic and broke that record that he had for tie breaks this year in slams. Massive. You you said well, it. Well, it would have been a different match altogether, two sets down, and he had to save set points. Was it two set points or one set point in that first set? He definitely had to save some set points against Djokovic. I think it's two. When was that? In the first set? In the first the set, yeah. The first no, sorry, set second set. Second, second set in the tie break. Um, it was yeah, saved two, one. Oh, one was set it? point. Yeah, one set point. Yeah. So he just saved the one, and then managed to take his first set point. Yeah, I mean, it was impressive. Went to six six, didn't it? And then they changed. So he ends. was one point away, Djokovic, from going two sets up. Fine margins in tennis. Very, very fine margins. But that's what makes it great. And he, well, he hit the ground running after that. As soon as he got that one, he. Gri- grabbed the next set super fast with a 6-1 and then forced Djokovic to have to up the level in the fourth, which we sort of knew that he would. There was going to always be a bit of pushback. He wasn't just going to go down without a fight, Novak, not a Wimbledon. So on to the next. This one, it's a good one about titles here. 
Yeah, so this is what he's won so far now. Wimbledon, US Open, Madrid, Indian Wells, Madrid, Miami. Is there any more go down? No, that's it. Not yet. (laughs) (laughs) There'll be more. But yeah, twenty go up. If you go go up a sec, at twenty years old you can see what he's been able to win now. So that's what six massive titles, two slams and four masters. He's on trajectory to do Yeah, he's got a few, but he's on trajectory to do what the big three have been doing. Yeah. It is quite scary now because there isn't really a big three. And if Djokovic retires, there's no Nadal, does he just go on and win? The majority of everything. That's what I think people are worried well, about. Sinner can push him, but I'm not sure if he can in the slam. Although he that's... beat beat him here last year at Wimbledon. Yeah, Sinner's got a lot of ability, but we've just not seen enough of it in big moments yet. Yeah, maybe he'll step up once Djokovic goes. Who knows? This next one from Opta Ace. Uh, it says the number two Carlos Alcaraz is the second to defeat Djokovic in five sets. Uh, Grand Slam final after Murray at the US Open uh, 2012. Yeah, I remember that one very, very well. Andy Murray's first ever Grand Slam victory. I stayed up super late. It was about half five in the morning. And that was the one, you know, Djokovic fans get a little bit wound up about it because Murray went for like a long, I think it was a long toilet break or something just before the fifth set and then came. He said he literally just went there to look in the mirror. He just said he just needed to just, just, psych himself up and he came back and he won that fifth so that's he didn't need a toilet break today Alcaraz he just went through it all just was incredible performance yeah I mean it doesn't happen often that he loses in five but no yeah the special player he played definitely this next one I'll let you Here read it out yeah this one. is the one I wanted to get to I've got <laughs> a lot to say about this and I've been waiting for you to get to it so this is Carlos is really a tribrid of the big three in many ways. He's packaged all the best parts of the big three's game into his arsenal in a unique combination. That's why he's generational. He's forcing juniors to develop an all-court style at a young age. What a breath of fresh air it is. And Novak Djokovic said pretty much the exact same thing in his post-match interview. I don't know if we've got a tweet, but if not, I can try and remember some of it. Um, I think it was a US Open one. Uh, um, I'm just trying to find it without... Oh, the US Open one. Was it this one? Yeah. Going down? I think so. Here we go. Um, so, yeah. so I haven't played a player like him ever. To be honest, Roger and Rafa have their own uh, obvious strengths and weaknesses. Carlos is a very complete player. So this is not the full quote. He did go on to say that what he has is aspects of all of their game. Yes. You, can, you know exactly what he's talking about. You've got the flexibility of Novak Djokovic, the movement around the court. You've got the fight, hunger and desire from Rafael Nadal, that never give up attitude. And then you've got the aggression of Roger Federer. You put that all together and the touch, you could say maybe a bit of Roger. All of them have got obviously a good feel for the ball. I think that just comes with the with the territory of being a top player. But yeah. you put all of them aspects together and you build a Carlos Alcaraz. It's like in a test lab. He is the product of a bit of all of them. And unfortunately for everyone else, that's the worst possible scenario. Because if yeah. you get in a tribrid of all three of them, <laughs> you're screwed, aren't you? And he's going to be the guy to get maybe 30 grand slams. 
yeah, I think the, the the scariest thing is is it's not just his ability, and like you said, he's got the desire of Rafa, he's got uh, like the flexibility of Djokovic. That I feel the it's the clutch, Federer. Yeah, I feel like it's the clutch moments that he can really just like he hones his like game. It is amazing, like you said, serving out for a, a, a Grand Slam. I saw. I remember serves. I, I see Federer do that. That's the exact type of Federer. He has that exact motion that he just knows it's going to go in. It's just like he just got it down on lockdown. Yeah. Doesn't matter when it is in the match, he'll always find it. And it's very, very rare that he didn't find it. And he, I was so impressed by how he held his nerve today. Many just, other players. He, he played brave. Crumbled. He played so brave in big so moments brave. like Federer did. Um, and. I can't believe we're witnessing a player like this at 20 with the US Open coming up where he's defending his title. And a lot Huge. of people, it was hard to look past Djokovic as being player of the year. But if Adkanas retains his title at US Open, he's got to be in for a real good shot of it. It'll be between the two of them because at the end of the day, they're the two best players. Medvedev's had a fantastic year, probably one of his best years. But yet, he's most likely going to go through it without winning a slam unless he can get the US Open. Yeah, and Alcalaz maintains his world number one status as well. Yeah, That's another big thing. It's just an, just an incredible year, to be honest. I mean, the Roland Garros one, I know I said it on the previous podcast. I think I'll stick by it as well. I think he needed that. I don't. I, I still think that was a very good building block for him to. Well, we to have realize... a tweet for that, Ben. So let's get on that one because we can okay. speak about that directly. Because I think it is. I don't know if you've got it. Tennis letter. No, I think it's from Gil Gross. Hmm. I don't seem to have a Gil Gross one. Let me have a quick look. No worries. We'll get that up now. I'll read it out for you. So there is no way Adkaraz. Uh, could have done what he did today if he didn't suffer that failure in the Roland Garros semi-final. He is the player oh, yeah. he is because he loves improving and he learns ridiculously fast. So this is some of the things I was saying earlier about how quick he yes. learns. But generally, it's true. That loss at Roland Garros, the way he lost with the tension and the pressure and the stress was one of the best things to happen for him because then he had a, a chance a month later or so to play a Wimbledon final against the same opponent and put them things right. And how did he put it right? He prepared mentally with his psychologist. Uh, He spoke about that the day before. He had a game plan and tactics he wanted to adopt against uh, Novak Djokovic. And clearly physically, he's done enough conditioning strength-wise to be able to go the distance because we got to that fifth set and there wasn't really one moment I felt that he's looking really tired and fatigued. He was running no. everything down. If he had to go play a sixth set, he probably could have. He looked very fit. And nobody ever does that against Djokovic, apart from what we've seen Radikalaz today. And I could have probably even go out there even further. I would say he looked fitter than Djokovic today because there was a time in the third set where Djokovic, after yeah. that 26-minute game, looked a bit laboured. He was very heavy-footed, off balance. I know the commentators were saying Djokovic is often, when he's tired, you see him off balance to making shots. And that's what we saw in the third. We didn't see any of that from Adikalaz at all. There was no No. signs of tiredness. 
I think that that one, that match from Roland Garros as well, especially, I think the way he felt in that moment on court in Roland Garros, where he sort of looked helpless, didn't he, Alcalaz? And you could see how much devastated he was that he couldn't do what his, and his body wouldn't allow him to play tennis when he knew he had the ability. And it, he, I feel like he just let him, he felt like he let himself down. He let a load of people down. He let like, and he just probably never wants that feeling ever again. So the preparation that's gone into Wimbledon and that you've just seen it. He, he just improved. He never wants that feeling again. It's the same. You go to any sport when someone suffers that type of loss or where it was embarrassing a little bit. It, it was a bit humiliating. And he, never, he will never want to feel that ever again in his life. If he does, then it, he'll build on it that again. But still, I think he's learned so much. And he's come on, like, what was that, a month ago? I know, yeah. <laughs> it's, just it's, it's, it's very quick. I don't it think any so player's good. ever done it, done what he's done so quickly. No. Like you see, do you know that could have crushed a lot of players as well after Roland Garros? There would have been yeah. some who would never be the same. Or they would be, but it would take them a few years to get back to a situation like that instantly, a month. I guess it does help when you've got the natural ability, which he does. <laughs> I mean, he pulls drop shots from anywhere. He could probably do it from the back seat of the Wimbledon centre court, pull a drop shot. It's something special, but yeah, let's, let's keep going through them. I think we've got a few left. So this is Adkalaz speaking about his dad. He said, I started playing tennis thanks to my dad, watching this kid make history, lifting the trophy at Wimbledon. It's something uh, incredible. Giving them a big hug is something I'll never forget. I hope to have a photo of that moment because I'll keep it forever. And I'm sure there is a photo because he went straight up to the box. Yeah. was very emotional with his mum and dad and his brother there too as well. I think he had loads of uncles. It was a very packed family affair. Yeah. Not surprised. In the interview with Claire Balden afterwards, he was like, I'm so excited to go home to Spain and just have lunch with them all. In his home. That's how's he going to say? That's what he wants to do. He wants to go home, have lunch with them, relax. He doesn't have many aspirations. He doesn't want to go out partying in London. He just wants to get back to Spain and have a nice paella lunch. Oh yeah, just get somewhere where there's some sunshine. (laughs) Sick of it. He's been he's been in London two weeks. All he kept saying is, "I can't wait to get home." I don't blame him, especially with that wind and rain he's had. Get rid of this like rain mac and this umbrella, and then chuck that away. Put some shorts on again, and get out down the beach. Probably wants to do court. that. You probably play some clay court tennis. I'm sure. Yeah, why not? Brilliant. I wouldn't want to play it. Would you just have a knock up with him? <laughs> well, I don't think he knows how to <laughs> have a knock up. <laughs> probably intense. His knock. Do you know up. what I'm excited for as well? His brother's coming through. Ooh. Because they could be quite good, I feel, as well. Is he, got the genes. Is he training them? Training well, if he is, them? they're going to be ridiculously good. Uh, last one, and this is Djokovic needs a rival now. Are you ready to stop, uh, step into that role and be his rival for the next generation? And Carlos said, I hope so. I think I've shown I'm able to face him in the biggest stage after epic matches. I think I'm ready to move forward and be the big rival of Novak. Ooh, sort of bypassing Rafa on the Dow like he doesn't exist. I'm not sure about that. But when Rafa comes back, you've got him to deal with as well, Carlos. Just be ste- steady on there. Um, 
I think I, I think Rafa can still give him a game, certainly on the clay courts. Yeah, but Rafa... yeah, it does it does feel like on all the other surfaces, Matt probably will be between these two, Novak Djokovic and Carlos Alcaraz. Will Medvedev have anything to say at the US Open? We'll see if he comes back to form. That was a crushing defeat for him. He'll have to learn from that defeat as well because that was nearly humiliating for him. Medvedev does well against Djokovic. And the big thing in the next draw we're going to be looking for is can Djokovic avoid Medvedev? Mm. Or the other way you can look at it is can Medvedev avoid Alcaraz? (laughs) I'm sure he won't want to play him again Because the best scenario for Carlos Alcaraz is if he's on one half of the draw and then he's got Djokovic... Sinner and um, Medvedev yeah, on the other half. <laughs> no, because Medvedev could knock out Djokovic in a quarterfinal or a semifinal. Yeah. He wouldn't knock out Alcaraz, would he? Alcaraz can well, beat him with one arm. Unless he really changes everything. He's going to have to do it. It just doesn't of... work. Mm, it didn't seem to, did it? It hasn't. It's a couple of times he's got blitzed now. Um, let's see if next time... Daniel does something different. Maybe he'll do some underarm serves or something. I'm not sure. Anyway, moving on to the next one. This one's oh, a nice this is one the last as well. One. Yeah, it's just saying, uh, say all you want about Novak Djokovic, but the man is all class when he loses. Great sport. Many would have not uh, given such a generous and heartwarming runners-up speech filled with congratulations to his opponent. He's won several matches like this, and he even acknowledged that. Yeah. yeah, brilliant brilliant champion. Um really is. Inspiration. Yeah, so much humility in the way he speaks and he and dignity in the way that he loses. He always applauds his opponent when they make a good shot. And he's the yeah. first to congratulate them if he be if he's beaten by them. And I liked the kind words he had. He often he gave um Adkaz the opportunity as well to take photos on his own and sort of took a back seat when um when the trophy was presented. Amazing. He's going to be back again. And I know that the talk is like, is he now going to have another chance to win Wimbledon? One or two, probably. <laughs> He's going to all three. I feel like he'll have a few more. Um, he has the ability for me now to still win another three Grand Slams based off what I've seen. I know some people are going to say I'm changing my tune, but I can only adjust to what I've seen in real time. And I think he's got the ability to win another three. Whether whether a Carlos can stop him or a Daniel Medvedev, we'll have to wait and see. But he's looking think, positive still for yeah. Djokovic. I wouldn't I wouldn't take yeah. this as a crushing loss. It's not like he got outplayed and and ruined in this final. It was very close. There wasn't much separating them. No, and that speaks volumes of Djokovic as well because Carlos is a prodigy at his age. What he's doing, but yet Djokovic still matched him. So, I'm sure if he can avoid Adkaraz, he'll win the slam. Because I don't think anyone else will stop him. Well, the gauntlet's laid out now for everybody else. Like ever, like if Alcaraz has proven Djokovic is beatable, and everybody else should now up their level to try and get close to where Alcaraz is. I know that that sounds ridiculous, but that sort of is that's the benchmark now. Alcaraz has set the benchmark out, and Djokovic did say. Um, I hope we get to play at the US Open. That would be great for tennis. And that was his lasting words. And I think it would be great for tennis. It needs it. Yeah, he, he also said that 
tennis will want it as well because they want to see these big matches. What better than seeing five sets at a high level competing for a trophy? Sums it up yeah. perfectly. The crowd weren't left disappointed. We weren't. All the tennis nope. fans on Twitter and worldwide were happy. What more can you want? A top final between two top players going neck and neck and just competing where we see for special shots. Some of the rallies were mad. I love the one where Djokovic fell over and got the ball back again. Like that yep. was insane. The one where he sort of rolled forward and got the ball back. Yeah. I don't know how he managed that. That was nuts. And we saw some special things for our class as well. Like big winners, the the drop shots. I loved, I, I, there were so many good drop shots in the fifth set, which was amazing. Even the tween a um, lob that didn't go in was quite impressive. Yeah, <laughs> I like the I like the backhand passing shot after a long rally to break. I think it was break point in the fifth set at two one. Maybe it was early on in the fifth set. It was a long rally, and then Carlos ended it with a backhand down the line passing shot. Yeah, he had some brilliant. That's one of backhands. my favourites of him. The, the inside out backhand or the, just the backhand into that corner. He hit that so many times. It was perfect. That was one of his best shots of the whole day. He kept going to it. Well done, Carlos Alcalaz. He's definitely here to stay. Novak Djokovic, he'll be back again. Don't worry, Djokovic fans. He's not going anywhere. But today belongs to the Spaniard. Yeah, let's wrap it up there. Thank you, everyone, for joining. And thank you for all of the support during Wimbledon. It's been a busy two weeks. As you can tell, we are exhausted. It is tough on our voices, tough on our souls, tough on our minds. The only thing I've got a lot of energy is my legs. I've not moved much. So maybe this week I'll do some running. Um, Carlos has certainly motivated me to get to the courts, that's for sure. But I'm sure I can't produce what he can. I will do a lot of drop shots. I know these next few weeks, and none of them are going to work. And then I'm going to stop doing them. Um, but that's that's the beauty of the sport. It inspires you to get down. I recommend and advise anyone who's watched this go down to your local tennis court, have a hit, see how it goes. It's easy, isn't it? We've seen them two do it. I'm sure we can replicate the same. Uh, but thanks everyone for the support. If you want to support us further, please join our Patreon. Uh, it's a subscription service and we have some good content coming on there soon. One of the videos is going to be me and Ben playing with a professional tennis player on the clay courts. It'll be posted on the Patreon first. So if you want to see that, go check it out. Uh, the link in the description. Yeah. One last shout out. We obviously have player roulette that runs on our Patreon and it was one uh, the Wimbledon champion is Michael Walker. He drew Carlos Alcaraz. So well done, Michael. You win well a done, prize. Uh, contact us on Patreon and we will get that one sent out to you. Thank you, everyone. Vamos, Carlitos. Very happy for him. First Wimbledon, first of many. Thanks, everyone. And we'll see you soon. Like and subscribe. Adios. <laughs> ciao, ciao. Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.